Before I start this episode of Lakers Carpool, just want to give a huge shout out to my boy Andrew Spinello, who produced this episode of Lakers Carpool. It's, it's going to be probably my best sounding episode of all time or ever. So hopefully he'll come back and help me out producing some of my shows. Uh, but huge ups to Andrew for what he did with this episode. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Whether you're joining me on my drive to work or I'm joining you on yours, welcome in. It is good to have you listening. Today on today's episode, we're going to go over some updates to the roster, to the Lakers roster and free agency. And then we're going to go ahead and talk about the fast approaching NBA schedule and preview the Lakers first two big games of the season. Let's get into it. All right, so in our last episode, we talked about how the Lakers absolutely lit up the offseason by acquiring Dennis Schroeder in a trade, by signing Wesley Matthews, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Saul. Um, the Lakers just had an absolutely stellar offseason where the Lakers, who literally just won the NBA championship, got a heck of a lot better for this upcoming 2020-2021 season. So uh, since then, not only does this season look good for the Lakers, but the Lakers have also secured their future. The future is looking extremely bright. As the Lakers were making moves to bring in new guys, um, the Lakers also locked in Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP, who he absolutely tore it up for the Lakers as a role player in the playoffs. Um, he was one of the, the biggest contributors outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. He was their big 3 and D kind of guy to step up in the playoffs and played extremely well. Pretty crazy for a guy that went from missing layups at the beginning of the season, people calling him kid can't play for KCP, and he went and earned himself a three-year, $39 million deal with the Lakers. So it'll be great to have him back in the roster. And it's great to bring back a guy that was in the starting lineup for last season's team um, on the cha- on that championship winning team. So the Lakers bringing KCP, great news, great to have him back. And then while we're all sitting, waiting on the edge of our seats for the Anthony Davis extension for that news to come in, free agency and offseason started a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and news had come out that, well, we all knew that Anthony Davis was going to re-sign with the Lakers. It was really just a question of for how long, for how much money, and when he was going to do it. And and Adrian Wojnarowski had kind of come out and said that the Lakers were going to, or that Anthony Davis was going to take his time, kind of see how things were going, trying to figure out whether he wanted to do like a three-year deal, a five-year deal, a one-plus-one deal, kind of keep his options open, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. So we knew it was going to be at least until Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving until he made that deal. So we've all been, like I said, waiting on the edge of our seats for Anthony Davis to make that decision and for them to come to an agreement. So while we're all waiting for that, LeBron comes out of nowhere extends his contract with the Lakers for two years, $85 million. So LeBron already has a year on his original contract. Well, he just extended that, so he'll be there around for three more years at $85 million. So not only do we had a, you know, not only do we have a stellar offseason making the team better, but LeBron comes out and he, you know, he says that he wants to to at least have his immediate future still with the with the Lakers organization, which is awesome. So literally the next morning, around 5 a.m. Uh, on the West Coast, the news came out that Anthony Davis had finally come to an agreement with the Lakers to a five-year, $190 million contract, which keeps the best, most versatile big man in the NBA in Los Angeles with the Lakers through at least the 2024-2025 season. 
Um, you know, after that season, his contract would end and he could always renew it if he wanted to or go into free agency. So the Lakers pretty much went from, we are, we already knew that the Lakers were pretty much going to resign Anthony Davis. It wasn't really a question on whether or not he was going to do it. It was just a matter of when, um, we weren't really, at least as far as I know, I wasn't expecting the LeBron James extension. And then what, like we talked about last episode, the Lakers lit up the off season by adding, um, some great role players to the team and some big men and making the team better. So literally at every single level, the Lakers have killed this offseason. Hats off to Rob Polinka for doing just a, an amazing job. So, you know, obviously there's going to be some questions about LeBron and his longevity. You know, last season he was still arguably the best player in the NBA. He didn't win the MVP, lost out to Giannis on that one, um, who also had a stellar season last year. But LeBron is still arguably one of the best players in the NBA last season in his age 35 and his 17th season and it didn't really look like he was slowing down at all and on top of that he win the lakers win the championship and he wins the finals mvp so yes you know there's lebron is in theory nearing the end of his career the extra three years or the extra two years on top of his contract who knows where he'll be in two or three years it's hard to say but as of right now, how things are going, how he played, it's exciting news. Exciting at the very least that LeBron is securing his near future with the Lakers. And and whether LeBron is the best player in the league or if he's getting older and needs to take a backseat to Anthony Davis, LeBron is still going to want to win championships. He wants to win games. And he came to LA, he came to the Lakers, and basically helped create this championship contending team championship winning team and he did a great job working with the Lakers front office to put together a great team and I think he's whether he's going to be the best player or he's going to be a role player as he gets older and later into his career he's going to help make the teams that he's on good and championship contending teams so it's great to have him with the Lakers for another at least three years and then with Anthony Davis the Lakers have locked in, like I said, the best big man in the game through his prime. He's only 27 years old, so this contract puts him with the Lakers between age 27 and age 32, which is typically the prime for NBA players. So we get Anthony Davis in his prime, who really truly has the ability to not not even just be the best big man in the game, but to be the best player in the game. You know, with his size, with his fluidity on the court, the way that he can defensively, you know, get from the rim to the three-point line he can block shots he can get steals and then on the offensive end he can handle the ball he can shoot the ball he can shoot from three he can beat you up down low he can pass he can really he can he can pretty much do every everything and he's seven feet tall so the lakers future is locked up as long as i mean really the only thing stopping the lakers at this point is health and staying healthy we know that lebron does a great job at taking care of his body. That's why he's at you know the point where he is now with being you know st- still being one of the best players in the NBA at his age, having played 17 seasons and playing I don't know what is it like four seasons just within the playoffs on top of that in terms of like the amount of games and minutes he's played. So we know he's going to take care of his body and he's going to do what he can to be on the court as much as possible. And hopefully Anthony Davis is able to learn from LeBron, take some notes as to what he does to to stay healthy. Because, you know, when Anthony Davis came to the Lakers, one of the big questions was how healthy he would be if he was going to stay, if he was going to have to sit out games a lot from getting hurt. Because when he was with the Pelicans, he would get nicked and bumped and bruised and and he would sit out. And, you know, it's hard to tell whether or not that was because he just wasn't loving playing with the Pelicans or if he was actually like legitimately hurt or, or what, you know. So there were some questions coming in. And I think those questions still remain with him. I think he, he, he falls a lot. He gets bumped. He's not, he's a 
tall dude. He's a big guy, but he's not always the biggest guy necessarily. Um, he can get pushed around a little bit here and there. So hopefully he can learn from LeBron and stay healthy. And throughout the five, you know, the, the next five years with the Lakers, he not only gets better, but gets stronger and the Lakers continue to grow around him. So really great news all around for the Lakers. The future is bright and, you know, hopefully it's crazy because, I mean, like, this could really create a dynasty, so to speak, with the Lakers. As long you know, the rest of the team around him, you have LeBron and AD who are locked in for three to five years. Um, the rest of the team, they're kind of on shorter shorter deals, one to two years. So those players might move around. You know, you, you could see something next next offseason where, kind of similar to this offseason, where four guys uh, leave and the Lakers bring in four more guys. And th- things could kind of be rotating here and there. So it, it's not like a dynasty in the sense that, like, it's the same team for five years but you'll have the core of LeBron and Anthony Davis for three to five years and the guys around them that could that could be uh, continue to have the Lakers contend for championships and in the playoffs and, and playing well. All right, let's jump over and let's talk a little bit about the schedule for this upcoming season. So we've talked about it a little bit in my previous episodes. The Lakers finished their 2019-2020 season winning the championship on October 11th and the NBA season is planning to start on December 22nd so that pretty much gives the Lakers a little over two months of an quote-unquote offseason to rest up get the new guys in the fold do some training camp get ready to go and really if you think about it you know the it gives the LeBron and AD and those guys time to rest for a little over two months but the Lakers haven't really finalized their roster until a week ago or a few days ago I mean technically a few days ago if you count Anthony the Anthony Davis signing even though we knew he was coming back so in terms of like getting prepared for the next season the Lakers have until pretty much right now until the 22nd so it's less than a month so getting ready getting the team together getting that building that chemistry the Lakers are really having to turn have it they have a quick quicker turn than other teams especially the teams that didn't make the bubble teams that were weaker last season but have gotten better they have definitely a really good opportunity to to come into the season really really strong whereas the Lakers might be at a little bit more of a disadvantage. I mean, I think the Lakers, with what they've done in the offseason, the players that they've signed, even you know the players that they've lost and replaced, I think the Lakers have gotten better. They are a better team. But they are, from a preparation standpoint, maybe a little bit disadvantaged. So anyways, the NBA season will be starting on December 22nd. The NBA came out with the schedule for at least the first two games for the Lakers, which is the Lakers are going to start off opening night on the 22nd against the Clippers. And then on Christmas Day, I believe the next game for the Lakers, um, the Lakers are going to match up against the Mavericks. So coming out the gates hot for the Lakers with two teams that I think are going to be in the top, at least the top five in the Western Conference this season, if not even higher, maybe even the top three. So definitely coming in hot for the Lakers. I know there's been questions about LeBron and Anthony Davis's availability for a lot of the, you know, especially the beginning of the season, just because, like I said, they've had only a little over two months to to prep to rest some injuries. I know like Anthony Davis at the end of the finals, you know, game four, game five, Anthony Davis went down with a, with an ankle injury, kind of tweaked his ankle. He was still able to play and whatnot and get enough treatment to, to keep going. But it definitely when it happened, looked like he was in a lot of pain. 
So, you know, I don't know where his body's at in terms of, you know, percentage of percentage of readiness to play. Is he going to be a little a little nicked and bruised still, even just from the finals in October? Those are all kind of questions that we have that we don't really have answers to, and we probably won't until the season gets started. So, my, you know, my guess, my guess is I think the Lakers, I think LeBron, I think Anthony Davis, I think they will play in the big games. I think they'll play the nationally televised games. They'll play in the, they'll play opening night. They'll play Christmas Day and... You know, maybe they won't play as many minutes as they would have in a normal opening day or Christmas Day game had they had a full off season rest and all that stuff. You know, who knows? Like maybe maybe this helps the Lakers. Maybe we're all worried about the short turn for the Lakers to to prepare for the next season and being tired from the long uh, or from the season just ending in October. But maybe this helps Anthony Davis and LeBron keep the moment the momentum that they had when they were in the bubble and and playing playoff level basketball maybe they come in you know it's a shorter season it's going to be I think 72 games so 10 games shorter than a regular season so things are going to matter a little bit more than they would in, in a normal season so maybe they're able to turn it instead of being at a disadvantage maybe they can turn it into an advantage and they can keep that momentum and even though the team is looking different and looking new Maybe they can just help build on, on the momentum from the playoffs. So that's definitely also a possibility. Like I said, we won't really know until the ball is tipped on the, on the 22nd and just how the Lakers play it out. And and maybe we'll know through like the preseason. Uh, there's going to be a few preseason games in the weeks leading up to the 22nd. So we might have more information then. But you know, as of right now, I think at the very least, LeBron and AD will play in the the big games, in the nationally televised games, especially against teams that are playoff contending teams. So like I said, the Clippers and Mavericks are going to be really good teams this season. So my guess is we will see LeBron and AD play in those games. So opening night, Lakers, Clippers. And what I love the most about this is the Clippers get to watch the Lakers ring ceremony, which will be amazing. You know, Lakers won the championship. Every season in your home opener, the uh, they do a ring ceremony where they celebrate the championship. They show the banner or drop the banner. Every player gets their ring and all that. And so many people picked the Clippers to win the finals last season. I know the season was weird. I think the Lakers were at an advantage with the bubble because they had great chemistry as opposed to the Clippers who had really crappy chemistry. The Lakers win the finals. Clippers, so many people had picked the Clippers to win the finals last season. So you know, I've been seeing all these people on Twitter troll, trolling the Clippers and saying like, oh, the Clippers finally get to be part of their ring ceremony or get to be a part of a ring ceremony. But obviously it's a Lakers ring ceremony. So good times. Happy about that. So like I was saying about the Clippers, um, I think they'll definitely be a top team in the West. So even though, so the Lakers in a way poached Montrez Harrell from the Clippers in that he decided to, to sign with the Lakers instead of the Clippers this offseason the Clippers did add um, they signed Serge Ibaka who was one of the bit the one of the better big men in free agency this season a lot of Lakers fans were hoping that the Lakers would sign Serge Ibaka so when the Lakers signed Montrez Harrell the Clippers went and grabbed Serge Ibaka so that's a good addition for the Clippers who I think a lot of a lot of the Clippers struggles that they had with the Lakers last season had to do with Anthony Davis they just didn't have anyone that could cover Anthony Davis and you know Montrezl Harrell was able to do a bit in in stopping him slowing him down but at the end of the day like I like I mentioned before talking about Anthony Davis being in his prime and all that and being one of the best big men in the NBA like he's a six foot 11 seven foot guy that can shoot from three and dribble the ball and do spin moves step backs and like he looks like a seven foot Kobe out there you know so it's like you know Montrez wasn't able to do that much against him I think Serge Ibaka probably will 
be a stronger um, defender against Anthony Davis and Marcus All and Montrezl Harrell. I think it's a great pickup. He's a guy that can, a big man that can spread the floor, shoot threes. Good pickup from the Clippers. So Lakers got really good, got a lot better than they did than they were last season. Clippers definitely didn't improve as much as the Lakers did. But I think the signing of Serge Ibaka does improve their team a little bit. So definitely something to watch out for with the Clippers is that Serge Ibaka signing. And, you know, like I mentioned, the Lakers got stronger this season. They added uh, Wesley Matthews, who is a guy that can can play kind of that 3 and D role. He can cover Kawhi. He can cover Paul George. He's, he's definitely a better defender than anyone the Lakers really had last season to cover those two guys. So definitely something, you know, definitely I think the Lakers were in a lot of ways... I don't want to say worse than the Clippers last season in their head-to-head matchups, but we did see in those head-to-head matchups, the Clippers won two out of the three in the regular season, and the Lakers beat them in the first game of the bubble like restart. So they kind of split their matchups, but I think last season the Clippers were maybe a little bit stronger than the Lakers were. But I think by the Lakers adding Wesley Matthews, he's a guy that really can slow down Kawhi and Paul George enough that it gives the Lakers more of an advantage than than they had at all last season. And then adding uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's a more than formidable guard that can help move the ball. He can attack the basket. He actually can shoot from three a little bit. And again, just kind of help spread the floor for the Lakers offensively and just adds one more guy that the Clippers will have to worry about. So the Clippers will still be a really good team, um, especially in the Western Conference. But I think the Lakers should be able to win. They definitely should be able to win any matchup against the Clippers this season but still a really good team, my pick for the number two team in the West behind the Lakers. And then, like I mentioned, the Lakers will be playing the Mavericks on Christmas Day, and we have a, a stacked Christmas Day schedule in the NBA. So we have Lakers versus Mavericks, Nets versus Celtics, Pelicans versus Heat, Warriors versus Bucks, and uh, Clippers versus Nuggets. So if you're an NBA fan, which I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this, definitely going to be a good day of basketball um, on Christmas Day. So Lakers play the Mavs on Christmas Day, and... The Mavs are really a team that I think could be definitely a top five team in the Western Conference. At their best, they could be a top three team in the Western Conference. I think it could be Lakers number one, Clippers number two, Mavericks number three. There's definitely a lot of competition in the Western Conference, so it'll be really fun to watch and see what happens. But they have a lot of um, a lot of opportunity to be a really good team this season. The Ringer had a really good article the other day about just how the Mavs had a really good offseason how they got bigger and better on the defensive end of the court. They kind of took some some things out of the Lakers' playbook from a defensive standpoint, and it really helped them grow on the defensive end of the court. You know, so they they uh, can we, I don't know if they traded Seth Curry or if or if he uh Reese or if he just chose a sign with with Philadelphia, but they lose Seth Curry, who was a really good uh, three point shooter for them. But they or they traded him because they they traded Seth Curry and got back uh, Josh Richardson, who I don't know much about him, but I do know that he's definitely kind of on that same level or tier as Seth Curry, but is better on the defensive end than the offensive end. They don't really need more offense because they have Luka, who is like a 21-year-old superstar already. And then uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis, if he can stay healthy, he's a big man that can shoot. And he honestly, it's funny. I say that I've I've said this to to one of my friends that I kind of feel like Luca and Chris Stapps Porzingis are kind of like the poor man's LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I, I feel kind of bad because I don't think Luca should ever be considered a poor man's anything, quote unquote. But just in terms of like Luca plays a lot like LeBron. He's he's actually a pretty big body. 
he's big. I think he's bigger than a lot of people think. Like I just saw a video of him um, in the in the playoffs when they were playing against the Clippers, and and Kawhi is covering him, and he dribbles up, you know, dribbles up, dribbles up against Kawhi, and pretty much pushes Kawhi back with his shoulder and puts in a layup, you know, a move that LeBron would do. So Luke is going to be really good. He's going to continue to be good. So I don't mean any disrespect to him by calling him a poor man's LeBron, but just a young LeBron, I'll say that. So anyways, Luka, KP, kind of a similar similar style of play, I guess is kind of what I'm getting at as LeBron and Anthony Davis. So if Porzingis can stay healthy, the Mavs are going to be dangerous. They're going to be a team to watch out for. Chris Dapps, Porzingis, I believe he tore his meniscus during the playoffs, and he's had some other health issues in past seasons. So definitely something to, to worry about. I think... If he stays healthy, the Mavs will be really good. If he doesn't, if if KP's not healthy, then I think they're still a playoff team for sure, but maybe not quite as strong of a team. So I think for the Lakers, playing them, having Anthony Davis, having Montrezl Harrell, having Marcus Gasol, those are big men that can spread the floor pretty well, especially on the defensive end. So even though Kristaps Porzingis is a big man that can that is a really good shooter, I'm not as worried about that. Um, I think Wesley Matthews can cover Luka I think LeBron can cover Luka so I, I I think the Lakers still are definitely the better team than the Mavs but um, it'll be fun to see them go head-to-head on Christmas Day all right and then last but not least news just came out recently you, you guys might know that I'm a big uniform guy I love uniforms sports uniforms the Lakers just came out or the NBA really just kind of came out with all of the city edition uniforms for the NBA teams. Typically, I'm not a huge fan of the City Edition uniforms. I, th- I think they're usually pretty lame, actually, for most NBA teams. I have liked most of the Lakers, the ones the Lakers have done. Um, last season's were the ones that were based off of uh, Shaq. Shaq kind of helped design them. The first ones that were done were the, the Black Mamba ones that Kobe had helped design. In between those two, there was the purple uniform with like kind of like the pinstripes that I think Magic Johnson had kind of helped design or were based off of Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers. So this season, the Lakers are dedicating their City Edition uniforms, which are also known as the Lore Series or Lore Edition uniforms, to Elgin Baylor and the 1960s era Lakers. Um, those uniforms were the white and blue ones with the, the cursive Los Angeles. Um, I'm sure you guys know them. They I, I know the Lakers have worn those those blue uniforms in the past as like throwbacks um back like when Kobe was playing with the Lakers and stuff so they're like the ones that they that they came out with this season they're so they're based off of them they're not like the exact same as those blue ones so they're white with like silver I think the letters are silver with like a light blue Lakers with the word mark Lakers um they look really really clean so gonna be hard not to buy a lot of that merch for me so I'm gonna try and be strong but Super pumped to see the Lakers rock those uniforms. The Lakers really have done a great job with um, those City Edition uh, lore series uniforms. So it will be fun to see the Lakers play this season, knowing that Anthony Davis has signed that long extension, that we have LeBron James, we have a strong team. We got some fun games coming up between opening day against the Clippers, Christmas Day against the Mavs. And looking forward to see the Lakers in those fresh lore series uniforms. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, 
Thank you so much for listening and go Lakers. Mm-hmm.